in, the God, in God's house, uh, be part of His ministry, be part of what God is doing in this house. I'm so thankful that uh, every week we can come together, worship God, be part of what the Lord is doing. Uh, interested to know, um, delighted to know that the, this house uh, inhabits the presence of our living God. And in our prayer services, I'm glad that people are blessed, our prayers are answered, and the Lord is moving powerfully. I'm thankful for every family that uh, joins together. Hey, if you're here, um, I am thankful that you are here. I'm thankful that God has brought you here. I am thankful that in this journey, God has brought us all together, that we can glorify God in this house together. And it is a blessing. It is an opportunity. I never don't want, I don't want to take uh, your presence here for granted. You have chose to be with us and uh, in the midst of many congregations around, you chose to be with us in your, uh, in your Sunday schedule. And I'm thankful that uh, we can worship God together in this, uh, in this place. And I know and I'm sure that in and out every Sunday, this place uh, is surely and truly known as the house of God because we experience a portal of heaven, a portal of heaven open in the space every time when we come here to worship. And I reminded my church that even when nobody is around, I come during the weekdays and I spend some time in prayer during evenings, mornings. Uh, I sense the Spirit of God in this place and in this space, even when there is nobody. So what I mean to say is, people, when you walk in to this place, this place is already saturated with the presence of Almighty God. He is already here because He wants to meet with His people. And that's when I say we come expectantly that I am coming coming to meet with God and I'm coming to receive my portion of my inheritance from God. I'm coming to talk to my God. I'm coming to receive from God that I need for this season of my life. I don't know what your season may look like, my brother, my sister, but whatever it is, we always rest in the assurance that nothing trumps the plan of God in our life. He alone is the sole uh, proprietor of our life. Everything He owns in our life. No matter what it is, He owns it. He owns and this morning, I want to take your attention towards part four of our uncomfortable series that we were, we have been part of, we were doing. And last week, I talked to you about stirred but not shaken. There are stuff in our life that look possibly like that we are shaken or things that may look like it has, it is, uh, it has happened that this entire stuff could shake us completely. But actually, God was stirring things up for our good so that we can see some better better things out of the stirred moments. And if God stirs things up, He will make sure that we and our confusions are taken away. And this morning, I want to take your attention towards another portion. And I want to bring your attention towards, dive into that portion. And I have titled my sermon as... Um, this is how it goes. Uh, uh, in between places, in between places, there are most uh, 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 you know scenarios in life where we find ourselves in the in between place where you are neither here nor there. You wanted to be there, but you find yourself in here, and you are not even in the place where you started your journey. You are in the place of 
in between. You're in the place of in between. And sometimes in a, in a, in a journey or somebody who is trucking a mountain or if somebody decides to trek the uh, 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 Mount Everest, you know, they will have the gears in their hand. And what they do is before they take the next step, they will always use their sticks that they have. I don't know what the actual term of the sticks could be, but I'm just going to use as a sticks, you know. They use their sticks to just navigate and hold on to. Before they make the next step in between, they try to make sure that they are holding on to something so that they can rest in the assurance of the step that they have taken that follows everything that they are about to do in the direction that they are to conquer the Mount Everest. And in normally in human life too, we want to do things where we can see. We don't want to step into a place where we don't want to see. Is that true? We want to move in a direction where we can see things with our natural eyes. We want to step in a place where we know that this is comfortable. I am sure that I can do it. Oftentimes we do it because we can understand that only we rest in the abilities of my own strength. We are rest and we are rested in the, in the actual abilities that I can and it is because of me that I see what holds my future and I know that I can, my education can, my job can. It, it, you know, I have the security around me. My bank balance is a security around me. But what if God oftentimes takes that away from our life? What is our life situation when anything and everything that you are holding on to is taken out away from your life? How do you see that? How do you sense it? In those moments in your life, how do you sense and what do you do? How do you navigate when you don't see or when you see the, the road that you were taking your steps on is completely stripped away from your life? You have no clue what's happening. You have no clue and you are stuck in an in-between place. Are you with me? You're stuck in an in-between place of no hope, nothing to hold on to. And you're stuck in this in-between place. And I'm sure there are people here listening to me this morning uh, under my voice, no matter where you are tuning in from, you are somewhere in the in-between place. You are somewhere in the in-between place that you have no clue of what's going to happen in the future. And because you have no clue what's going to happen in your future, you're actually destroying your today. A lot of our anxiety is filled because we don't see what's our future looking like. And sometimes we don't have to see the clear picture of our entire future planned out completely, but we rest in the assurance that it is all holding better and perfect in the hands of God Almighty. Are you with me, church? It's okay sometimes that we don't know what my tomorrow looks like. It's okay sometimes that we don't understand what my next week looks like. It's okay sometimes. I mean, sometimes we, we, we don't know if I have lost my job. And some of, some of us, if you lose your job or your education or something happens, you know, you don't know what is going to happen. But rest in the assurance and enjoy your today with God Almighty, knowing that my future is secured by God and in Him in between places. In between places. What do you do? If you're in the midst of a transition in your life, in the in between place, how are you responding back to God in faith? You may not know the clear picture that directs and holds everything together, but you know the one who was hung on the cross, I can hang on him. The one who took everything on himself on the cross, I can still rest in assurance that he alone and he alone is the carrier of my faith, the perfecter of my faith, and he carries me forward. And I can rest in assurance. Sometimes your present is destroyed because of fear of future. 
And a lot of us, we are filled with anxiety. Oh, what is going to happen? That business deal, it's not going to work out the way I planned. What's going to happen with that boss of mine? What's going to happen with this examination that I'm about to take? What's going to happen with this relationship that I'm going to get into? What's going to happen? You are so fearful because you have no clue that God is actually resting assurance and the peace that God is holding it together for your life. In between moments of life. In between in between moments of life. How do you respond back to God? And I know I'm taking our church into a, a, a serious understanding because this entire last week, the Lord has been communicating to, with me uh, personally in my personal life and also asked me to share it in our church that in those in-between moments of life, give God the glory that He deserves. Let's read a scripture. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, and I'm reading from the, the, uh, uh, yeah, the message translation here. Proverbs chapter 29, Verse 18, this is how it goes. If people can see what God is doing, listen to this very carefully. If you have your Bibles with you, please take that with you. Um, if people can see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what He reveals, they are most blessed. And in the translation, the message, I love the message translation, the way it is written. And it says that if people cannot see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. And one of the reasons that I understand that we are filled with so much depression and anxiety in our generation today is because we want to do and we want to see everything planned out in our life. There are some perfectionist people that I know that they want to plan out everything like schedule by schedule. They want to plan out if something misses out in their schedule or they are, come on, you can't be around those people. They will depress you completely. Praise the Lord. It's good that we have a planned schedule for our life. In the church schedule of ours, I planned it out until December that we are going to do 31st Tuesday night. We have a watch night service and I've planned it out for the next three months. But there are things going to happen in between. There are things that are going to happen in our life. And how are we going to respond back to God in those in-between moments? Because in our life, I believe my yesterday and my today and my tomorrow is held by God. He's not just the God of my yesterday. He's my God of today and He's also the God of my tomorrow. And I can rest in the assurance that He holds my beginning and my end together. Oh, come on somebody. For me, I have to live my today to see what I'm going through, what I'm experiencing, and everything that happens today. But my tomorrow, He's already in it. My next week, my God is already in it. My next year, my God is already in it. And I can rest in the assurance in the in-between moments that God is the one who is the carrier of my faith, the perfecter of our faith. We rest in the assurance that God alone is the God in my in-between moments. So you read the scripture, right? write it down or mark it and understand it. I want you to uh, ponder on that scripture. Even when you have gone back home, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. If people cannot see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Oh, I see a lot of people stumbling in their life. They can't stand anywhere to put together. They're all over the place. Why? Because of depression and anxiety. Because they want to hold on to, they want to control things. Sometimes give it to the Lord. Let Him do because He does the best. Come on, somebody. You look the world around you, how beautifully God has created it. Can we do it? No, we can't. We, will, we have messed up the creation God has made, but He has made it beautiful. And He called it good and beautiful. 
And all we could do was we take control of what God has already done and we mess things up. Come on, give it to the Lord. He's the God of the in-between. He's the God of the in-between. Rest in the assurance that He can lead me. Exodus chapter 13, Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 and 18. There's a lot of Bible scriptures here, but I want you to write it down if you are. Meditate is later on. But Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 and 18. It so happens, it so happened that after Pharaoh released the people, God did not lead them by the road through the land of the Philistines, which was the, what is the word? The shortest route. For God thought, if the people encounter war, they will change their mind. Oh, God knows everything about you. He knows when you will change your mind. Come on, somebody. Holly, you think you're playing with God? He knows you're in and out. And here in the scripture, we know that God has delivered Israelites out of the Egypt and they are on a track. They are on a journey to their promised land. But in the, in the direction, the course of the journey, God says, I have redirected, rerouted them. And it says, if the people encounter war, they will change the mind and go back to Egypt. Praise the Lord. Does God want you to go back to Egypt? He delivered you out of Egypt. Praise the Lord. He delivered. What is Egypt? What is Egypt? Of course, Egypt today is a beautiful country, beautiful city. I love Egypt. I've never been there, but hopefully, you know, our church team is planning on an Israel tour, and part of that is visiting Egypt. And if you are, anybody is interested on it, please contact Brother George, and he is going to lead that beautiful trip. We will be there. But what is Egypt? I'm not talking about that country. What is Egypt here? The old self of my life. The sinful nature of my life. You know what Bible says? God did not want them to go back to Egypt and that was the shortest route. So what God did? He took them on a long route. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And let me read that scripture for you once again so that you understand. It so happened that after Pharaoh released the people, God did not lead them by the road through the land of the Philistines, which was the shortest route. So God knew the shortest route. But he did not take them intentionally. He did not take them. Praise the Lord. I am sure that a lot of leaders who came up to Moses said, Moses, do you know? Do you know that if I go through 75, I can reach Mekini? Praise the Lord. I, 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 I know the route, Moses. I, I'm sure there's a lot of leaders. There's a lot of people who might have come up with Moses. Moses, Moses, what is wrong with you, Moshe? What is wrong? What is wrong? Road aritile. Praise the Lord. Either trade road aritile. What is wrong with you? What's wrong? What, what are you thinking, Moses? What are you thinking? Praise the Lord. This is the shortest route. We need to get to Canaan as soon as possible. We left Egypt. I am so ready for the Holy Land. Oh, I am so pumped about the canon God is. I am so ready to receive the land flowing with honey, the land flowing with richness and goodness of God. I am so ready for it. But God said, oh, no, no, no. I don't think you are ready yet for it. I, am, I don't think so. You know, that's why God sometimes messes up our plans. We think this is the shortest hour. Let me ride. Let me go. And I can reach it as soon as possible. But sometimes God takes us to a longer route so that you don't encounter other obstacles in between. He doesn't want you to go through Philistine. You are not yet ready to go through Philistine. Praise the Lord. 
Sometimes God rejected a door in your life. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody right here. It might be even one person. That college door was closed for you because maybe in that college you might meet with that person so-and-so who was not designed in your life. So God, in the very beginning, who knew your X, Y, Z years, He closed that door for you. Am I talking to some of you? Christian is not even looking at me. That's okay. Sometimes God closes some doors over our life. Don't be mad at God. Know that He is opening something else. Even if it takes too many years, but He will bring it to completion. Come on, somebody. Abraham, you heard the call of God in your life. He knows that you have ran out of your seed. He knows that your wife has a shriveled up breast and she cannot produce any milk to the offspring. But God has called you to be the father of generations. And God says, I will give you the seed at the right time. And when, when, when the seed hits the womb of Sarah, I know it could be our rated scriptures, right? Right now, but even the seed of God hits the womb of Sarai, the womb will recognize this is the seed of God and it will produce generations to come after me. It'll produce just Abraham was crying for one son, but God was intending an entire large group of people through that one seed that God was planting in the womb of Sarah. Abraham, you are known as one fa- fa- father of just one. Father Abraham. Generations after that are singing songs of Abraham, you just want one son? And you want to mess up God's plan and go hang out with and birth out Ishmael's? No, no, no. Abraham, stop. Stop. Hang on to the one who has brought. It might take some time. I'm talking to some of you here. It might take some time. But God knows the orchestrator and the perfecter of my faith. He knows what needs to come in my life today, what needs to come tomorrow. He knows if I am ready to take on the Philistines or not. And because I am not, oftentimes He will change that. So what I'm saying here is the detour was designed by God. Ain't nobody singing a song here. Oh, the wilderness is so good. I'm thankful for the wilderness in my life. Nobody's doing that. I don't think anybody does that. Does anybody do that? Do you sing a song? Oh, I love the wilderness, God. I love enjoying. Nobody does that. But everybody is thankful for her. You know, Psalm 23, verse 4, 5 says, you know, I am thankful for the green pastures. I am thankful for the quiet, refreshing pool of water. I am thankful for abiding in the presence of God. I love that. But nobody talks about the wilderness. But what if God is actually taking to a place called as wilderness? What is a wilderness where you have connection with nobody? Where your entire contact is dried up. But your entire hope is dried up. But God will sometimes take you to a place where nobody else has ever been. That you will find yourself all by yourself just to make sure that you understand in your life the orchestrator is God and nobody else. Nobody else. And sometimes I've been through situations in my life when I have realized that nobody else is with me. Nobody else is coming to save me. But my God has already appeared. He is there. He is leading me. Oh, come on. Let, let, me, let, me, let me go really. And I've told you something about my preaching style. 
is more of a prophetic message that each and every scripture, scripture shared here, I want you to receive it and apply it in your life. And if you believe this is my word, receive it right there and you will see a deliverance because God told me to tell this to our church that every time people receive the word the way they have to receive the word, I will do an instant miracle in their life. And so I, I'm just challenging our church. I don't know what atmosphere you're coming from, what you're going through, but my God is a God of the in-between situations and He's the God who has taken you in the detour. He has decided for a purpose because He knows that if any other places God has taken you, then most likely you might have back, gone back to the Egypt that God has rescued you from. And He does not want that. But in our life, God is more concerned about our soul than anything else. Because it is the soul that will become and meet with God. Let's go real quick into Exodus chapter 13, verse 20 to 22. Exodus chapter 13, verse uh, 22 to uh, 22. This is how it goes. They moved on from Sukkoth and they then camped at Etham at the edge of the wilderness. God went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud during the day to guide them on the way and at night in a pillar of fire and give them light. Thus they could travel both day and night. The pillar of, the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night never left the people. Praise the Lord. How beautiful that is. That God has just provided for you to walk even when you thought you could not. In, at night, He was the pillar of fire. During the day that the sun will not burn you out, you know, He was the pillar of cloud during the day. And the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire or the light and fire is a symbolic representation of Holy Spirit in the New Testament. Why? Because God, when Jesus left earth, what did He say? I am sending you a companion. Holy Spirit, who will be with you. And today, each of us, we have been led by the cloud, the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. Why? Because we know Holy Spirit is directing our path. He helps us. Praise the Lord. He sits with us. And sometimes He tells me, don't, don't go that direction. I know it looks very colorful. That, that restaurant looks amazing. But sometimes Holy Spirit will give you insights. No, don't do that. Don't get into those places. He's giving, He's communicating, He's directing you. He's rerouting you. He takes you sometimes of those lonely moments that your friends and people around you has left you completely. You're all by yourself. Sometimes God will do that in your life so that God does not want things to mess up because He's more concerned about your eternity than anything else. That's what God is concerned. And He will prune you completely and take away all the junk that is not necessary in this world so that your soul will be with Him at the trumpet's call. Amen. Understand this. Amen. God is more concerned that our lives reach canon. And He will do what it needs to his, for Him to do it. If He's taking you in the route of wilderness, embrace that. Don't run away. But what, what is God more concerned about? Our soul. God is more concerned about our soul. No matter what I do in my life, praise the Lord, don't do things that can mess up your soul being with God. Because that has to be the perspective of every child of God on earth. We sometimes mess up things in our life. Those words that we talk, those, those, those places we hang out, we are quenching the spirit within us. We are killing our soul in the sight of God. And God is more concerned. God is more concerned 
that our soul reaches canon. Are you with me? Are you with me, church? Praise the Lord. And that's why Exodus chapter 13, verse 20 to 22, they moved on from Sukkot. And what they help us to understand is God was above them. And God was the pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire during the night. What it simply means is, you know, there's, just imagine this, this, this pulpit and above this pulpit is the cloud of God. During the day and during the night, there's a cloud. And when they see the cloud moving, people move with the cloud. Because they don't want to surround themselves in any other place other than seeing themselves that they are surrounded and by in the sight of God Almighty and God is leading them. When the cloud moves, they move. That's an indication in their life. When the cloud moves, they move. Sometimes we have already stayed on places where the cloud is no more there. Are you with me? We have stayed on places too long where we don't see the cloud. You know what? Sometimes it is good the clouds come because the clouds get us some refreshing rain in our life. The clouds get us some refreshing rain in our seasons. What does rain do? It helps to germinate the seeds God has planted in our life. And sometimes we lack in resources that God has already provided. You know what? Even in the midst of wilderness, He's the God who provides. And He orchestrates the clouds to come and shower the showers of blessing over your life. Why? Because He is the one who has taken you there. If He leads, He provides. God doesn't take you to anywhere where He can't lead or He can't provide. So far in my life, you know, I, I, I entered, you know, of course I was in school, but full-time ministry from the age of maybe 12 or 13 that I remember full-time into God's service. And I have seen every single moment of my life being led by God. There have been moments in my life, and I know there are pastors, ministers, brothers, sisters who have lived long life before me. And I know there's a pastor who's just shared yesterday about 62 years of accepting Christ and walking in the ways of God and serving God faithful. I'm thankful for people. But if I ask him to testify here today, he will mention that thus far I have seen the cloud providing for me. But look above you. We can easily, the clouds are easily visible, right? Right now you walk outside, the last weekend there was good rain showers that we received in Dallas. There's a storm that has come. Sometimes the storms direct the clouds back into the space that God has allowed us to be so that He will bring refreshing rain that refreshes our soul. And some of us need that. Are you been in a season of anxiety and depression for a long time? You need the cloud above you and you have been wandering away from the cloud. Locate where your cloud is. Find out where your cloud is. And this season of our life, all of you, all our families, you know, in our Zion church, you know, we know God has planted us and placed us in this space. And I know there's a cloud of God above our surface. Above our surface. I know it. Praise the Lord. And the cloud brings refreshing into our soul. And some of us, we need it. In our families, we need refreshing joy. We need that peace back in our life. But if you have wandered away, come back and plant yourself where God has planted you. Because there's a cloud. Be somebody who follows the, follows the cloud. The life of Israelites, where the cloud moved, Israelites moved with that. The children of God were directed to move under the, what's the word? The cloud. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to move with the cloud. Turn to your neighbor. Put a smile on your face, smile on your face, put a smile on your face and tell them, I'm going to move with the cloud. I'm going to move with the cloud. Praise the Lord. The next scripture that I have to mention here is that, understand this. 
wilderness is an open space that anything can happen. Anybody can come and attack you. But God has placed you there and never left you empty there. That He has surrounded you. Oh, He has surrounded you. I felt like I was surrounded by my enemy, but I was surrounded by the protection and the care of my God Almighty. I thought that I was all by myself in this place, but my God has kept me surrounded. I am thankful for the pillars of God that has surrounded me. Can I tell you something in a real term? We have some pillars in this church. I am thankful for them and the leadership. We have some pillars within our families. I am thankful for them. We are some older pillars within our church. I respect them. You know why? As a multi-generational church, I am thankful for the hours that they spend in prayer. I want more of them to stand up as pillars who solidify our church, that stand with us and support us, the endeavors that we are about to do, so that you and me, even in the midst of loneliness, you might get one call, Mole, I am with you. I support you. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. We talk about being the hands and feet of Jesus extended, but let's be real time in our situation today. One call to somebody can change their life when they are going through something really bad. Praise the Lord. Are you with me, church? Are you with me, church? One call of yours, Molly, I'm praying for you, Molly, I'm praying for you. There are some of our students in Lubbock and recently I was reaching out to them and I let them know, I'm praying for you. I am with you. That even though it is six hours away, I am with you. If you need anything, no matter what time it is, call me. Some of you guys who are in Denton or wherever you are, God has taken you in this season of your life, this education, we are with you. And I request my church to stand up as pillars to support them, to encourage them, that they don't find themselves vulnerable in the loneliness of the world, but they are surrounded by a group of people who stand up as prayer warriors, as pillars of truth around them and surround them and protect them. Let's go ahead. Numbers chapter 9. Numbers chapter 9, verse 15 to 23. I know it's long scriptures here, but please bear with me and let's read together. And I want you to understand. Numbers chapter 9, verse 15 to 23. This is how it goes. The day the dwelling was set up, which the dwelling, I'm, I'm reading the message translate, translation, but um, if we read another translation, ESV would say the tabernacle, which is good. The day the dwelling was set up, the cloud covered the dwelling of the tent of testimony from sunset until daybreak. It was over the dwelling. It looked like fire. It was like that all the time, the cloud over the dwelling and at night looking like fire. Verse 17 onwards, when the cloud lifted above the tent, the people of Israel marched out. And when the cloud descended, the people camped. The people of Israel marched at God's command and they camped at His command. As long as the cloud was over the dwelling, they camped. Even when the cloud hovered over the dwelling for many days, they honored God's command and would not march. They stayed in the camp, obedient to God's command. As long as the cloud was over the dwelling, but the moment God issued orders, they marched. If the cloud stayed only from sunset to daybreak and they lifted at daybreak, they marched. Night or day, it made no difference. When the cloud lifted, they marched. It made no difference whether the cloud hovered over the dwelling for two days or a month or a year. As long as the cloud was there, they were there. Listen to this. As long 
As the cloud was there, they were there. And when the cloud went up, they got up and marched. They camped at God's command and they marched at God's command. They lived, lived obediently to God's orders as delivered by Moses. In, in the entire reading of the scriptures, verses 15 to 23, you see, and if you can highlight, there's so many times the word command has been mentioned. As children of God, we are ought to live by the commandments God has given us. The you and me, of course, we are liberated and we have freedom in the spirit of God, but we live our Christian life based on the commandments that God has already placed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I'm sure that everybody would love to be part of a house that has no rules. Praise the Lord. That has no rules. Probably you might get annoyed if your father calls you at 11 o'clock, 11 or 5, 11.15, because you want to be in a house that has no Oh, come on. I'm going to come to this side now. Praise the Lord. We want to be part of a system that has no boundaries, no rules. Because you can easily come in, do whatever and get out. But, but in the entire reading of the scripture, you understand the cloud represents the presence of God. And there is a system that God had to place so that the people will follow the commands. And as God commanded, they did it. And the scripture helps us to understand if the cloud moved, we will move. If the cloud was there for one day, they will camp only for one day. If the camp was, the cloud was there for two days, they will camp for, praise the Lord. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Just imagine all these people are walking and tired. They're walking, oh Moses, you know what? You have brought us to this in-between place. We are neither here nor there. We see the Red Sea and we see the Pharaoh's army coming. You have kept us in a place. It's in the scriptures. You have, you have brought us to a place of in-between. Now the Pharaoh's army will come and kill us. Or if we move forward, we will all drown and die in the Red Sea. Why have you brought us here? And you know what everybody did? They all took stones to throw at what I understand is, what I understand is, if all of this, and that is the problem with our generation from the time of Pharaoh and Moses, that people always took stones to throw at their leader. If they turn around and throw at the Pharaoh's army, everybody will die. Somebody, okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. They all took stones, and I'm going to throw at Pharaoh. I'm going to throw at Moses. You are the one brought us. You are the one made us to come thus far. Now we are stuck in the place of in between. If somebody had told them, you know what, guys, you're good taking stones in your hand. Turn around, throw the stones at the Pharaoh's army. No. But even in the midst of in between, I am glad that the leader had the opportunity to go back to the presence of God and ask him, Lord, what am I supposed to do? He never leaves you in that place. Just by yourself. Just by yourself. And it, this is how it goes. His plans and his presence are never disconnected. If he takes you, he knows what he has promised in your life. And he knows what will come through your life when you march at camp at that place. So my understanding of the scripture is, when God has placed you in a place, even if it's for one day, camp there. Two days, camp there. Because there is something that you are above to receive from that location. There is something God has placed and hidden in that place for you. Are you understanding? 
Are you understanding? So if God has camped you in here, be here. When God has placed you here, don't run there. Because here is where you have something to receive from God. He has hidden the treasures of darkness here for you. He has hidden something for you in this place. That's the reason why God has placed you. Are you with me, church? Listen to this very carefully. He has placed you with the intention that you receive what you ought to receive in that particular place. And that's why you see the cloud of God is hovering over that place. But I'm, 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 I'm just thinking along the lines that the, the, the Israelites were thinking. Moses, we have been walking. We are tired. And you'd say that the cloud is lifted, so we have to go. We pinch, pitch our tents here for just for two hours. Just for three hours. And Moses would say, it could be just one minute. But I'm not, I have nothing to do in this place if the presence of God has departed this place already. Are you with me? I, it might be one minute. minute if God's presence is not here, my address is linked to where God's presence is. Are you with me? My address is linked to where God's presence is. And I move in that direction. That's why I'm saying His plans and His presence are never disconnected. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And that's why sometimes you have to understand God has kept you surrounded because His plans are to keep you protected in that area. But we come into a situation that we want to be comfortable rather than being covered. What is not covered by God is exposed. A baby has to develop in the womb and covered in the womb. For nine months, the baby has to be there. It cannot be exposed before that. If the baby is exposed, there's something wrong. A seed has to fall into the ground and be there hidden for a season. Why? Why? If it is exposed too early. Are you with me? Certain things in your life, God has kept you and kept it hidden. Or in other words, kept it covered. And those covered moments in life is not uncomfortable. Oftentimes those coverings are uncomfortable. That you don't want to be in those small areas. You don't want to. You want to break free. But sometimes and oftentimes God will keep you there in the intention that you develop something that God has placed inside of you. Look through the readings and I'm, I'm encouraging. I'm encouraging. Read through the Old Testament as you read through Genesis and as you, as you have cultivated that reading habit. You see the work of God. And you understand how important is the reading of the Old Testament in the New Testament. That you understand it is the God who is leading you. It's the God who is leading you. So don't compromise over being covered than being comfortable. It's okay that your uncomfortable situations may keep you protected for too long. But God wants to. So that you are not exposed to the plans and the schemes of the wicked. The wicked always tries. Can I have the worship team behind me? The wicked always tries to destroy. But God's intention are always clear that He wants to protect and direct and secure your future. Because He's more concerned about your soul reaching eternity, canon, than anything else. And that's the priority in every single child of God's life. That we safeguard what God has placed inside of us, our soul. Bible in the New Testament helps us to understand what if the man gains the whole world but he forfeits his own soul. 
He has gained everything. He has conquered all the uh, uh, continents. He has pitched his tent and flag over every possible country. But what if he's lost his own soul? He's lost everything. Because no matter what we do on our earthly lives here, lives here, always keep in mind that everything should be done in a way that we are getting closer and closer to God's presence, eternity. The cloud of God takes us and camps us. We are here in this season. Tomorrow, we might be in another place. But wherever the cloud is, where I'm going to hang out. And as we look into, as we understand, being in the place of a wilderness, you got to sometimes know that I don't have it all. I don't control it all. I don't know what happens if I don't do this. I don't know what happens. But that's where you got to know that I live, I leave it in the hands of God. When I know I don't have it all, I know that everything is in His hands. He leads to a place and He provides in the place. I am thankful for a body of believers that we have in the house that have always seen the presence of God leading them, providing in their life. And we have marched out from place to place. We have conquered oceans and we are here in this country right now. We have seen God leading us. But never settle down in the homes that we have built here. Never lose our focus on the things God has allowed to happen on the partial tents that we have pitched on this ground because our soul has to be with God let this message come as a message maybe of correction maybe of a commitment maybe as a conviction that God I don't want to mess up with anything where your presence is not I don't want to be there I don't want to be known as a place I don't want to be in a place not in a place where your presence is not my address I want to be in a place where you're always and already taken me into. Can we all rise in God's presence? I don't have it all. I don't have it all. But I know who has it. God has it. He owns it. And towards the end, I want to mention here, if the plan doesn't work, change the plan, not the goal. If the plan doesn't work in any situation in our life, Change the plan, but not the goal. Our goal is always and always eternity. Let's keep that in mind. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we as your children, we have this privilege to call you Father. Because in our life, in our journey, in the in-between places, Lord, oftentimes we find ourselves very uncomfortable. Situations that look uncomfortable. But God, we rather be covered than be comfortable. Father, thank you for shaking things up in our lives, stirring things up on our life. That, Father, we find out that you alone and you alone, you alone and you alone, you alone, every eye closed, look to the Lord. You alone and you alone, the leader, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end, who holds my yesterday my today and my tomorrow and the expense of the universe rest in the assurance of who you are we surround we are surrounded 
by you. And we are thankful for what you're doing.